0: Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host and their special guest, reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse.
1: Welcome to the EDG Community Pulse Podcast. My name is Tammy Naguki, and I'm with Environmental Design Group, joined today by Dwayne Grohl, also with Environmental Design Group, and our esteemed guest, Dan Rice, President and CEO at Ohio and Erie Canalway Coalition. Welcome, everybody.
2: Thank you, Tammy, and special welcome to Dan, and thank you for taking the time out of your super busy schedule to be with us and, and sharing, uh, hopefully, some... Uh, Great ideas for our listening audience. So thanks again, Dan.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Duane and Tammy. I'm just honored to be able to be here. I look forward to the conversation.
1: Oh, that's so nice. So a little bit of background, Dan. uh, Since 1984, you have built more than 150 community partnerships to develop the Ohio and Erie Canalway National Heritage Area and Towpath Trail. You've provided organizations with assistance on organizational development, public-private partnership building, fundraising strategies, management plans, and government relations. An active member of local communities, you have served on numerous boards and committees, including Ohio Historic Site Preservation Committee and Development Finance Authority of Summit County. You are a native of Ohio with a bachelor's degree in history from the College of Worcester, a master's degree in American history from the University of Akron. Welcome again. Glad to have you. We're excited to learn more about your accomplishments over the last few years and hoping that you can provide our audience with a little bit of background on the Ohio and Erie Canalway Coalition and its purpose and mission.
0: Super. Well, it's kind of ironic that uh, I'm invited to be part of your podcast because in so many ways, uh, Environmental Design Group has been along on this journey for the past, uh, at least for my involvement, almost 30 years. And uh, so that's, you know, quite honestly, part of the pleasure of this opportunity is that um, I always say that, you know, we, we work with over 150 different public-private partnerships. If you like uh, horseback riding, you like bicycling, bird watching, eating ice cream, if you've got a pulse in Northeast <laughs> Ohio, we'd like to talk to you because we believe everybody benefits from what we're trying to do here. And um, it's just been an honor, you know, working with the Environmental Design Group over the past 30 years, um, really building trails and preserving historic buildings and conserving natural areas um, and and really creating an incredible legacy um, because that really, at its basic level, is what we're doing. It started back in the 1960s with Congressman Ralph Regula. At that time, he was a village solicitor in the village of Navarre. And it was his dream and idea to save the canal. And he literally walked with a reporter from the Kent Repository all 16 miles of the canal lands in Stark County. And uh, it rained the entire time. And the the article the next day was 16 miles and 16 million raindrops. (laughs) And so from that very beginning was an idea that was born in the 1960s. And here we are, you know, 60 plus years later. And we have a a regional resource that is really a national treasure that's used by over 2.5 million hikers and bicyclists and residents and visitors. And uh, the thing that I guess I find most humbling, to be honest with you, is that Um, people use it today, and I think they maybe, to a certain extent, can maybe take it for granted Um, and maybe don't can't fully appreciate um, that what was an idea really was just an idea. It was never a fait accompli that it was actually ever going to be completed. And we're still not completed. We've got 90 of the 101 miles done, um, but it's because of partnerships and collaborations. Um, I mean, we as a nonprofit, in 1996, Congress passed a law that said, you know, really through Mr. Regula's leadership that we want you to go out there to build trails, preserve historic buildings, conserve natural areas. But there's two catches. We're not going to give you all the money. And number two, you don't have any authorities. So good luck. Hmm. And so that's really kind of the basis of our, of our mission. We've been around since 1989. And uh, it's just been an honor and, and privilege and, um, you know, to really be able to uh, fulfill the vision um, of Congressman Ralph Regula. And um, it's it's really a, uh, it's a labor of love, as Mr. Rego would always say. And you've accomplished so much
2: in that time period. And uh, so coming into the current year and, and the next couple of years, um, I know you have a whole host of initiatives. But could you drill down a little bit and talk about maybe a couple of those current initiatives and and what? Those mean to the to the community, and maybe it's some of your favorite initiatives, and you, you, they're all I'm sure your favorite. But what are some of those current initiatives, and, and how important
0: are they in your mind? Sure. Um. I guess I would start with the primary one, that is the Topath trail. I mean, mm-hmm. that is uh, our guiding star, if you will, is to get that connected from Cleveland to New Philadelphia. And we're really close. As you know, we just opened a section up and down in Bolivar, mm-hmm. a quarter mile section that got hikers and bicycles off the roadway. Mm-hmm. And now it's connected all the way down to State Route 800. And mm-hmm. now we're working with Tuscaloosa County Parks to build another four miles um, on uh, through a license agreement with the Kimball Company that gets us another four miles closer to Dover New Philadelphia and working with the city of Dover, City of New Philadelphia and our goal is to complete that by 2025. Um, it's a pretty aggressive goal as we sit here in 2021 but you know that's how we've achieved what we've done so far with our partners and and really our partners deserve all the credit because you know we as a nonprofit we provide technical assistance and support, fundraising, project management assistance with volunteers, but our partners are the ones that really deserve the credit for all the accomplishments. So I'd say that was probably the, the first and foremost um, the secondary one is obviously connector trails, I and mean, we're working on a lot mm-hmm. of connector trails throughout the region, um, whether it's the Rubber City Heritage Trail. Um, we just had a meeting uh, last week with Copley Township. I know a project I think you all were involved with with mm-hmm. working on trails in Copley, uh, Bath, um, you know Hudson, the uh, the Freedom Trail as well. So I mean, just a, just a lot of connector trails out there, and that's just in Stark County alone. But also tr- connector trails in Tuscors County and Stark County. There's over 500 miles of connector trails that are actually in mm-hmm. planning, design, or construction. That's awesome. And then, really, the third element is um, this initiative that, as you know, Dwayne, we, we've been working on over the past six years is the uh, Reimagining Civic Commons, mm-hmm. which is really a national initiative to really create these outstanding, accessible, equitable, and welcoming parks, trails, and public spaces for everybody. And it's a focus, really, on an area from downtown Akron to Summit Lake through a highway near Canal Park between Barges and Thornton. And this is just a truly transformational resident-led project because, unfortunately, we live in a society where where our communities are much more segregated by race, income, and education. Mm -hmm. We don't spend enough time together with people who look differently than us. And that's why parks, trails, and public spaces are so important. Um, We obviously saw that during the pandemic over the past couple of years. Sure did. And so the, the first initiative was a $5 million initiative to really test a lot of ideas in downtown, uh, in Lock 3, in Ohio, and Erie Canal Park, everything from concerts to pavilions um, to opening up uh, trails and benches um, and seating. And then the second initiative is a $20 million initiative. And again, our, our national funders are the Knight Foundation, JPB, Morgan, JPB Foundation, um, the Kresge Foundation, and the Rockefeller Foundations, as well as the William Penn Foundations. And um, they're just very supportive. I mean, they're they're really helpful providing us with that seed capital, which is really risk capital. Um, and then we're leveraging that with just literally millions of dollars of private investment, local investment, state investment, and federal investment. And we're just so grateful for all of our partners um, for just entrusting us. And, and really, the residents deserve all the credit. I and mean, I was just
2: going to ask you that, and, you know, especially down in the Summit Lake area. And can you just touch on that a little bit, how you turn that from— uh it really turned it over to the residents to really lead and engage and i don't know that i in my 30 years of career i've ever seen something so powerful mm-hmm. where the residents who were perhaps you know hands off yeah. and, and not not trusting or willing to get engaged how did you how did you turn that to where the residents became the the leaders the ownership and their vision
0: yeah. i mean that's a great question mean, and I and kind of answer it in a couple of different ways. And first of all, the residents are the ones who actually embrace the process mm-hmm. um, because there's literally been decades of things being done to and not with, mm-hmm. things promised and not delivered. and mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you know, why should they believe anything for me, a, a white middle aged privileged male? Mm-hmm. They shouldn't um, mm-hmm. because they've been they've heard it all before. Um, and so really, the residents deserve all the credit. They took a huge risk. Um, the mm-hmm. city of Akron took a huge risk to even allow us to test these ideas, mm-hmm. um, and then I think the third leg is that there's been literally organizations that have really se- spent years in the lake in the neighborhood, working to build trust, working on these so- basic society needs and issues. Mm-hmm. Organizations like OpenM South Street Ministries, Let's Grow Akron. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, we really stand on the shoulders of these giants in the communities mm-hmm. um, who really laid the foundation and. We just happened to come along. Um, we were asked by the funders to to help with the project, and we're just honored and, and, and privileged to, to serve as a convener. Um, but we've, this work, you know, as you've now I've talked to, and it really changes you personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. You, you said earlier, Timmy, we've worked on partnerships, you know, over 150, over four counties for over mm-hmm. 30 years. But this is really deeper than that. It's really mm-hmm. relationship building. And, you know, I've spent time with you know the Salisbury family and Grace Hudson and and, and, and many and Miss Miss Finney, Ms. Finney uh, mm-hmm. and the uh, Sequria Finney and and they feel like we're family mm-hmm. um because we share the same values we truly care about each other and care about mm-hmm. the space mm-hmm. um but it's because they took a risk they didn't have to take that risk mm-hmm. and because of that everything that is being done is really because they want to see it done and we've had hard conversations like, uh, racial injustice, environmental mm-hmm. racism, mm-hmm. Um, because what we've done to that space, those neighborhoods, by just ripping them up th- with highways, um, with industrial pollution, and then the schools are taken out. I mean, are we need—we shouldn't be surprised that 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 these communities are suffering the way they are, mm-hmm. and it's not unique. I mean, this has happened all across the country. I mean, you just had the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa riots, and so we can't change the past, but what we can do is. Say enough is enough. We're gonna write a new chapter here, and we're gonna listen and seek understanding while listening and really just be responsive to the needs of the residents and that's all we're really trying to do,
2: yeah, and I would encourage uh, in our anybody listening to this and our listening audience to um you know whether reach out to Dan on that or just just google it and and it's a I believe that effort is a national model. For any community, can do it. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's many years, decades to make it happen, but to see the result and to see the residents have ownership, yeah. I, I don't think in my thirty years I've ever seen that type of ownership partnership. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing um, neighborhood, and it's continued. There's more work planned there. There's yeah. more things happening, and just it just keeps building on itself. So. It's just, just amazing, and I, I commend you for that. And, I, again, I encourage or challenge our listening audience to really um, look at that. There's been a few articles published yeah. um, to really or take a tour or you know, contact one of us to go down there and, and take a look at it, whether you're local or whether you're out of state. Yeah,
0: um, yeah and I, I would agree, Duana, that it's uh, – You Just come down to the space. Mm -hmm. An open invitation, come on. I mean, I've said it so many times before, come on down for a guided canoe trip. Come on down for a s'mores party. Because I think once Mm -hmm. you spend time in the space, Mm -hmm. you'll feel differently about the space and Mm -hmm. and, and interact with the neighborhood residents. And Mm -hmm. it's all about trust. Mm -hmm. It's earned one interaction at a time. We we haven't changed that entirely, but we're we're working on it.
1: I I think meeting Sakaria and her grandmother was probably one of the greatest treats in yeah. my three years working with Environmental Design Group, just seeing the connection that you all had with that community and um, the passion that she brought to that project oh. was is really special. Um, it, I, I would love to see more of that. And I, they've stayed in touch over the years, too, since that project. So I, that's been a real treat for me.
0: And that's fantastic. And I'm so glad you had that opportunity, Tammy, because um, that project was just, just amazing. I mean, and, and the interesting thing is I remember... When she first brought it, and Kyle Lucas on your team deserves just amazing yeah. credit because, you know, it's just he, he has the right leadership and the vision, the compassion, because not everybody has that gift.
1: No, there's definitely a strong relationship there between them.
0: And he's got Absolutely. that gift. And, and and I remember when we went to to uh, the, uh, the the city of Akron leadership team who made the decision. And Miss Phineas big, uh, talks about what your vision is, and <laughs> just by the way she, her passion she has for it, yeah. and the fact that they're still taking care of it, it's a beautiful healing mm-hmm. space right in the center of the Seminole neighborhood. I mean, she she's just an amazing lady.
1: She is, and what an inspiration for our yeah. others to try to you know walk in her big footsteps. Right. Absolutely. I I wanted to get back to the Towpath Trail for a second. I know. Um, we talk a lot on this program about leadership and leadership styles, and you had mentioned that you, uh, and I hope you're wrong, that it's taken for granted some of the projects that you've been doing over the years. But I reflect back on a few years just spending time on the trail with my kids as they've grown up, and I, I can't always remember every mile. I can't remember all of the you know the trips that we've taken, but there's a memory associated with each with each one of those events, whether it was a bike. Right. Or a, a walk or something. We had conversations on those trips that I'll wow. never forget. And I, I think it's a real asset to this community and um, a really good example of things that could be, mm-hmm. you know, taking place in other regions as well. We have a gem right here in Northeast Ohio. So thank you for that. Um, but I wanted to ask you then, what is it about your leadership style that gives you that, that visionary piece? And, and how would you describe how you use that?
0: Well, that's a tough question, Tammy. Um, I'd rather talk about the Topat Trail <laughs> um, because, um, you know, and, and, and I maybe want to kind of uh, clarify what I had said previously—that not so much that people take for, for granted, but maybe that the perception was that this was a fait accompli, yeah. that it was it was inevitable that it was going to happen. Because I can honestly tell you and all the listeners that there were times over the past 28 years that. We didn't know where the money was going to come from. We didn't know how we were going to build it. Right. And maybe this is a kind of a good way to answer your question: is that Mr. Regular has oftentimes teach me. And I, and first of all, I've been so blessed in, in privilege and fortune to have so many great mentors. You know, Congressman Ralph Regular, Congressman John Seibering, uh John Debo. I mean, I, you know, Francis Hybels, Buckles. I mean, I'm going to miss some people, but it just I, they've just shared with me their pearls of wisdom and have, have mentored me. And so it's not so much, it's not even about me at all, but one of the things I've learned was that just to have faith and mm-hmm. that you may not have all the tools, you may not have mm-hmm. all the money, you may not have all the plans, you may not even own the land, but just believe that you'll be able to get there. And, and Mr. Regular really inspired me that, uh, you know, just it's that vision, it's that opportunity and uh, stick-to-itiveness, um, because this is clearly one of the... The, the most rewarding thing I've ever been involved with in my entire life. And, and to play a such a small role in it is just incredibly humbling. Um, and what really motivates me is when I see people like you and your family out there walking. You know, you may be out there just enjoying a family uh, outing. You might be out there because maybe you've, you know, you've got some illness and you, you're actually trying to uh, get some exercise. Maybe you just want to clear your air because you've lost a loved one. We don't care why people are out there. The fact that it's a refuge, a place for people— and um, and so what really I try to get back to your question about the leadership, <laughs> and that is that it's because we're a coalition, um, we don't care about getting the credit, and neither do I. It's not about credit. Yeah. You know, why is Mr. Rego would often, often say that if you focus on the credit, the job doesn't get done. If you focus mm-hmm. on the job, the credit will come. And um, so we've never worried about the credit. It's not about the credit. It's about doing something for the community. And, uh, and a number of other, you know, community leaders, you know, Joe Tucker, South Street Ministry, we oftentimes talk about servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really what we're doing. Um, I mean, Joe does an amazing job with South Street Ministries, um, you know, uh, service to the community, and, and, and that's what we are doing. And if we do it right, and I think we are, something that was built almost 200 years ago will be here for 200 years from now. And that's the opportunity we have as a community.
1: Right.
0: And that's, um, that's amazing. Well,
1: I love that you said faith. I mean, I
2: I wrote I wrote that actually down here. I took my pen out and wrote have faith. Yeah, because... I don't think we've heard that yet. And yeah.
1: I, yeah. I I liked hearing that. That was that was special.
0: When the other piece that Chris Burnham still one of my board members of board directors, it was my former board chairman, fact, he was the one who got us to the Richard Howe House restoration. It couldn't have done it without his leadership is a polite tenaciousness.
1: Yeah.
0: And what I love about that is um it's true. You just got to be polite but be tenacious. Just don't <laughs> give up. And um, the answer is always there. You just got to keep digging for that answer, um, but just have the faith that the answer will be there. And then the other quote that really I have in my office, it drives my family crazy, it drives my team crazy, <laughs> but that, from Vince Lombardi, and that is that um, we shall relentlessly pursue perfection because in the pursuit of perfection, we shall achieve excellence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I just truly believe in that and everything that we do with our organization, whether it's customer service or quality of experience um, or products, just aim for perfection because you're not going to achieve it, but we're going to aim for it, but we're still going to be excellent. I love that. So
2: speaking of faith and and, um, persistence, you know, out of nowhere comes this thing called the pandemic, the last Uh, March, right, of two thousand. Twenty and so, tell us a little bit about your experience through that the disruption that happened and how you were able to guide your organization and all those partners through that this dark time that's still lingering out mm-hmm. here and and its head uh, ugly head again.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking that, Dwayne, and uh, I'll just be very transparent with you because you know that's that's the only way that I am. Um, first of all, I, my heart goes out to everybody who has suffered from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in my thoughts and prayers. It's part of our prayers we say every night at, at the dinner table. And um, it's just, uh, I just can't imagine, you know, what people who have suffered from. Fortunately I've not, you know, been sick myself. My family members have not been sick. Mm-hmm. But it's just, um, it was uh, really tough. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, there were times uh, in the pandemic I just, you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that was mm-hmm. the hardest part. mm mm-hmm and uh now, you know my mindset is that we're not we're still in the tunnel, mm-hmm. and um I can see light, but i'm still- we're still in the tunnel, and I just think that for everybody who's lost a loved one out there, please know that uh, you know you're into my thoughts and prayers, and that we just have to find a way to still persevere, but as an organization, my mindset was just be relevant and be uh resilient mm-hmm. and um There was no playbook. Mm -hmm. There was no playbook for anybody. And that was the other part that was just uh, tough. And uh, it was mentally tough. Uh, There were times when I was depressed, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I I would always go into the office to at least stick to a routine, to try to remain positive and upbeat. And um, that's the best I could do with my team members. Just, first of all, stay safe. That's number Mm -hmm. one. You gotta take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and just stay positive. And then our team and our board, our volunteers, our partners, they did exactly that. They were resilient, mm-hmm. and they they were relevant. And we did things differently than we'd ever done them before. We're continuing to evolve. And um, you learn lessons out of this experience, and it makes you—my my father would always times say that you know, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger, mm-hmm. and he's probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather will also say sometimes—this is another thing I learned about leadership is that oftentimes, Dan, you can be right and not be very effective and it's often better to be effective than it is to be right. So I, I try to keep those pieces of advice mm-hmm. in my heart as well. But it's just uh, continue to remain positive, resilient, relevant, mm-hmm. and we'll get through this. And we'll get through this together. Yeah. And, I, and I truly believe that. My message now is that we're still in the tunnel and we just have to keep, you know, there's another, I love my quotes, as you probably obviously know, but one of them is when you're walking through hell, keep walking. Mm-hmm. And that's all we all we can do. And it's kind of an mm-hmm. interesting analogy of the Topat trail because you just got to keep going. Well, and it,
2: it kind of all ties together because what you were saying earlier about providing a place of yeah. refuge, yep. particularly outdoors in these times where outdoors was the safest space yep. you could be at. And so all the things that, that you and hundreds of partners have created gave us, the public, the opportunity to get out. Yeah, be in a
0: safe space.
1: Just in the right amount of time.
0: Well, and ironically enough, when you're right. I mean, that, that was, it made what we do much more relevant because um, yeah. everything else was shut down. You couldn't go to the movie theaters. You mm-hmm. couldn't go to a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, you could barely even go to the grocery store. And mm-hmm. um, I would hate to have a pandemic happen for that, to reach that level of relevancy. Mm-hmm. But if anything, now out of that, you know, you have the American Relief Plan funding. Mm-hmm. And in my personal opinion, this is our New Deal opportunity. Mm-hmm. We have once-in-a-generation opportunities now to really create those accessible, equitable, and outstanding mm-hmm. parks, trails, and open spaces like mm-hmm. at Summit Lake, mm-hmm. at Lock 3. And uh, it's on us to make that happen now. The residents Absolutely. deserve it, and we owe it to them.
1: I guess that leads us right into our next question then. If I were to find a million dollars for you, Dan, what would the uh, priorities be for the coalition?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think there's probably three areas that I would focus on. One, you know, give it to, uh, in a grant program, out to our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, re-gift that money, because that's one of my philosophy things. I don't, I don't necessarily like it to go into to operating, because operating dollars kind of go in, they go out. But turn it into a grant program and, and get it right back out to the community, because there's a lot of needs out there on the Topat Trail. Um, secondarily, I, I take some of that money and I put it in the endowment um, because to me the endowments are that's the future, that's the ball game. I will never probably benefit from that, but I don't care. It, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about you know we got this legacy now. How are we going to maintain this for the next 200 years? Mm-hmm. And then the third leg is that I would you know use some of the money to, to really help our team members, you know, compensate them better and mm-hmm. put the money to good use and you know show appreciation. I love it. Well, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think
2: you you maybe touched on this, but I just want to ask, I mean, you talked about a lot of your mentors and all the great people you have. But as you look back on your career, is there anything else that um, one or two events that happened along the way with those mentors or outside of those mentors that determined your purpose or your drive, your passion? I mean, your drive and passion is hopefully came through sitting here listening to It, it certainly is. And I hope it hopefully comes through to our, <laughs> our listeners. But Anything else that early in your career that, that like this is the right path, or maybe it was before your career when you were in school and you know, anything that jumps out at you? Yeah,
0: yeah, there's probably a number of ones. Um, you know, I, I've first of all, I'm so blessed that my family is so supportive of mm-hmm. the work that we do. Um, there's times that I uh I work a lot hours and uh, I'm not present when I should be, and uh, my mm-hmm. family, my my Wife Nancy and our daughter Rachel are just so patient, and understanding, and so I'm I'm so grateful to them because they, they enable this work to happen uh, more than anybody else. And in, uh, mm-hmm. in addition to our partners, um, early on, I you know as you know I mentioned Congressman Regula, um, I got a chance to shadow him for like two or three days in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. and uh, that was early on in my career, and. Um, it was one of the most transformative experiences, I guess, I had because I really got to see firsthand every day what an elected member of Congress does, everything. I had complete access from morning to fundraisers in the evening. And it just really gave me a, a better appreciation for how government works or doesn't work. And um, and I think unless you have that opportunity, you probably don't, you can't probably have a full appreciation mm-hmm. of it. And so that just really made a huge impression on me. Um, you know, people like Fran Buckleser, who you know has been in elected, not elected positions, but appointed positions, with the High Department of Natural Resources, and and helping guide me with the relationships with local, state, and federal officials, um, another transformative experience. And and then I think the last one really is the residents at, at Summit, like people like you know Sandy Salisbury, Meredith, uh, Marcus Starr, you know Grace uh, Hudson, um, and their family members. It just welcoming me and my family in as family, and how it it, it changes and impacts you personally. Mm -hmm. Particularly, you mentioned the pandemic, but we've also been through a a tremendous past year of a political season as well as racial injustice. Mm -hmm. A a long conversation that was a long time coming, quite frankly. And um, and we have have a long ways to go. And I I come back to what I said previously, as a white, privileged, middle-aged male, I have just as much of a obligation as anybody, um, and being self-aware of that, and understanding that I have a responsibility, and uh, and just do whatever small part that I can is uh, is humbling, and um, so I think those are probably three examples. And like I said, it starts and ends with my family. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing in some
2: very personal uh, thoughts today. I appreciate, really appreciate that. It's not easy.
0: I'm going to be honest with this. <laughs> you, you guys pry it out of me.
1: <laughs> Give our listeners an idea of how to get a hold of you, Dan, or the coalition so that they can possibly get involved. with your Sure,
0: mission. sure. Um, if they are interested in learning more about the highway near Way um, or uh, Akron Civic Commons, um, they can certainly contact me at the office. Uh, the phone number is 330-374-5657. They can send me an email message at drice r i c e at OhioErieCanal.org. and uh, I'd be happy to talk to them. We we uh, and I would even add too that because to your point, uh, when you talk about mentors, um, I'll just be transparent with you because so many people help me. If anybody's interested in maybe having an internship or interested in, interested in maybe doing a just an interview to talk about careers, reach out. Because that's how I got in this position, right? And uh, so, people help me, so I have an obligation to give back, and I will do that.
1: What a nice offer! Thank you.
2: So, last question (laughs) as we uh, pepper you with questions and probing uh, thoughts here. So, let's turn to something as we end um, here—something fun. So. Uh, we're always looking for great ideas for bucket lists and, and people in our listening audience, and so they really enjoy this question. So, so what is on your bucket list for next year or the next couple of years? What are, what are a couple of those on your bucket list?
0: That's a, another good question. And um, we, as a family, we like to bicycle ride, and um, we've actually been putting this off for a couple of years. But uh, I've wanted to always ride the Ohio River Trail as much as I can from Cincinnati to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ridden the northern sections, but really there's the, a the section from Cincinnati to Columbus. And my, my, my father still lives down in Springfield and maybe ride right around the Xenia area. Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, our family, uh, when Rachel was younger, we rode from uh, uh, Washington to Pittsburgh. Um, wow. And uh, that was an amazing experience. And uh, we rode about 40 miles a day. And yeah. um, so I'd like to you know, do that um, if we can. We have also gotten inflatable uh, kayaks, inflat- and our daughter has inflatable paddleboard, maybe doing some uh, kayaking or paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've always had to, this kind of bucket list thing of the, uh, you can actually rent a canal boat on the Erie Canal. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, you can kind of putz along in the Erie Canal, and you can take bicycles along, so you can kind of tie up and nice. ride your bike mm-hmm. so far. So just, you know, you know, just doing things with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, just, that's really very important to me and uh so uh, and, and being outdoors together, I mean it, we'd love to visit national parks, but those are kind of you know three ideas I had just off the top of my head Sounds oh, that's, like fun. that's amazing
2: and uh I want to say a special thanks again for one for taking time because I know you are super busy uh you're on the phone constantly you're talking to partners you're getting things done you have that faith and that that polite tenaciousness <laughs> and, um <laughs> so well, thank you again for being here today sharing um and I would encourage, again, I would encourage our uh, listeners, our listening audience out there to take Dan's uh, offer up of you know reaching out to him. But I also encourage him, going back to that one specific item we talked about, a community-changing model that can work across the nation That Summit Lake to contact Dan and, and uh, talk to him about it or take a tour down. It's just a simply transformative project and um, community transformation that I've never Witnessed before, and I hope more people can become aware of that and and utilize that for their
1: community. Absolutely, thank you well, so much, Dan. This has been a really informative for me too.
0: You're more than welcome, and thank you. And, and the last one, last thing I should mention though is that we just have an amazing professional team at our organization that mm-hmm. I'm so blessed to work with. That they're the one that deserve all the credit because they do all the hard work. So, you know, Amber, Jeanette, George, E. B. Um, you know, Katie Mertz, uh, who just recently came on board with us, uh, Patty um Emily Cooney, and, and my board chair, Jeff Harold, and, and our, all of our board members. Um, I mean, they, they're the ones that really uh, provide us um, with the support to be able to fulfill the mission. And uh, so, between our professional team and, um, you know, our, our board of directors, I just—and uh, you know, we've got some really great funders out there as well. The Knight Foundation, the GAR Foundation, Acting Community mm-hmm. Foundation. Um they really make our, our mission possible. Great.
1: Super. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Dan. I really appreciate all that you had to share with our audience today. Thank
0: you. Thank you very Thank you.
2: much. Happy Trails. <laughs>